Good day. I'm Martin Webb, and welcome to the Climate Report, broadcasting every second and fourth Thursday on KVMR-FM at 6.30 p.m. On today's show, we revisit the upcoming significant rule changes regarding homegrown solar here in California, as first reported on KVMR Evening News last week. And then we play the full interviews with three local solar companies about what this all means for the average person. First, here is some background, and then we'll hear from Sean Burr at Pioneer Solar. Recently, KVMR Evening News interviewed some of the top local solar companies to ask them about a recent decision made at the California Public Utility Commission, known as the CPUC. On December 15th, they made a momentous decision that affects everyone that is connected to the three large utility companies in California, including PG&E, and has solar. There is a new deadline for these rules to take effect on April 15th. But before talking about what happened at the CPUC and what's changing with solar rules, it's important to take a look at what actually got us here and where we are today. So let's talk about the late 1990s when the first net energy metering laws, known by the acronym NEM, with the reference being to when you have a solar system, your utility meter will spin backwards and forwards and you'll be billed for the net amount that it moves forward. So the first NEM laws were being passed in the nation. California passed theirs in 1997. And what was unique about it is unlike some states where the value of your solar when the meter is spinning backwards is pegged to wholesale power rates, in California, we elected to pass a law that said solar power when the meter spins backwards must be valued at full retail rates. Now, we happen to also have some of the highest rates in the nation, along with Good Sun. So this NEM law really made solar take off, leading to one and a half million solar installations with over 12 billion watts of capacity. That's 12,000 megawatts of customer side solar. That's not the utility fields. That's just the customers here in California. Now, some have asked if these new rule changes are part of some sort of corporate corruption and some sort of nefarious deal with PG&E and the CPUC, but it's worth looking at it from just a purely logical market perspective. California solar laws are in effect like this. Imagine that you really like apples and you eat apples every single day and you buy apples every day from the supermarket. They buy their apples from an apple provider. They pay wholesale prices for those apples. They mark them up. They sell them to you at a retail price. You spend $1,000 a year buying apples. And one day, you decide that you would like to build an orchard in your backyard and grow your own apples. You save yourself $1,000 a year of retail prices for apples. So that even if that orchard costs $10,000 to install... It's going to pay for itself in 10 years or less with the rising price of apples. That all tends to make sense so far. But what happens when you have too many apples? Now, logic would say that you'd approach the store you used to buy them at at full retail value and say, I have some extra apples now. I used to buy them from you, but now I'd like to sell them to you. And we might expect that the store would say one of two things, either we're not interested in your apples. Thanks, we have plenty. Or you might expect them to say, 
we'd like to buy your apples, some or all of them, and here's our wholesale price. Now, in California, the solar laws say that the store not only must buy your solar apples, but they must give you full retail price for them. And that, of course, would seem illogical in a normal marketplace. That's what the utilities have been fighting against, so that even though Republican and Democratic governors alike have been supporting solar, including Governor Schwarzenegger, who made it a goal to have one million solar installations in the state, the utilities have been fighting against this arrangement tooth and nail for a long time. In 2016, the CPUC voted to enact what was called NEM 2.0 where they did levy some new fees and make some changes that raised the minimum bill someone could achieve with solar. You can't ever have a zero bill. There are going to be some fees in order to pay for the infrastructure that handles your solar power. And in 2016, the CPUC made it very clear, this is an interim decision and in five years, we'll be back to talk about NEM 3.0. So in effect, what just happened this last December is the CPUC made good on their promises and they have now made adjustments so that when the meter spins backwards with a homeowner's solar system, it will no longer be valued at arm and leg prices that they charge us at. It will be valued at wholesale prices. The reason for this, curiously enough, is California actually has a bit too much solar during the daytime. So that come sunset every day, 12 billion watts of solar systems turn off right when everyone's turning things on. So the CPUC made it clear that going forward, after mid-April, any solar systems that sign up will be under a new set of rules that will incentivize installing batteries with every solar system so that you keep your apples at home and you don't sell them at wholesale prices. You sell them at really good rates at sunset every day. Now, to go along with this expected increase in system price for solar plus batteries, the state has said that they will be enacting a new $900 million battery incentive program to be rolled out in July later this year. That's almost $1 billion of incentives for homeowners to get batteries. Well, we talked to three local companies and asked them about this rule change and what the impacts and effects might be. This is Martin Webb with KVMR Evening News, and I'm sitting with Sean Burr, the president and CEO of local solar contractors, Pioneer Solar. Sean, what's your description of what just happened at the CPUC? Hi, Martin, and thanks for the intro. Um, what happened at the CPUC? Well, they changed the value of solar production when the meter spins backwards. So with this new decision, it is changing the economics of solar for homeowners and business owners. And how is this going to impact property owners, this new decision? It sounds like, as you said, it's going to change the economics in general. Specifically, how might this new ruling impact people who are considering going solar? Well, there is an official deadline now, which is April 14th. So if property owners do not secure their spot and all their paperwork with their preferred solar company, then they'll lose the opportunity to secure their spot for a more valuable rate for their solar production for the next 20 years. 
And when it comes to impacting our robust local solar economy, because we've been a central point for solar in the industry for a very long time, and you're one of several noteworthy sustainable businesses that help keep our local economy humming, what's the expectation of this new ruling and the impacts for our local solar businesses? Well, it's going to impact all of us, all the solar businesses. Um, Right now, everybody wants solar a lot more than they used to now that this news is coming out, right? So um, solar companies with a great reputation are really getting booked out far into the end of the year. Um, And also solar companies that don't have a lot of construction experience or don't have a very high technical ability and have all their workers in-house capable of doing batteries and main panel upgrades and ground mounts and all these technical requirements are going to struggle adopting to this new program from the utilities because it's going to require more batteries and other type of technicalities that aren't required now. And what are the actual deadlines? You've mentioned April 14th as a deadline. That doesn't necessarily mean that people have to have their systems installed by then. It sounds like it's just paperwork into PG&E. Is that correct? And, and then how long do they have to actually get the system installed? And what are lead times for your company, for example? How long should people expect to wait to get a site visit, to get a quote in order to beat this looming deadline? That's a great point. Um, I'm happy that the deadline is April 14th, that the system doesn't have to be installed. So that's confirmed now. So you have to pick your solar company you want to work with. You have to sign a contract with them. They have to come out and do a site survey. They have to do electrical line diagram. There's you know, uh, consumer protection guides and other things that need to be reviewed and signed. And it still takes some time, especially now that everybody wants solar before the deadline. So don't wait just because you don't need your solar installed before the April 14th deadline, but you do need to work with the solar company and there's a lot of steps and paperwork and we're getting booked out. Even getting a site survey now is usually in a few business days, but now that's taking two or three weeks. And you also need time to make a decision for yourself if solar works for you. So don't wait, call your preferred solar company, get your site survey, get your design and financial analysis and make a decision quick and secure your better solar production for the next 20 years. I've been speaking with Sean Burr, president and CEO of local solar contractors, Pioneer Solar. Next, we spoke with Ray Byers of Byers Solar, who refers to the way solar bills with PG&E have been paid on an annual basis called truing up but instead will now be calculated monthly, which is less advantageous for homeowners during winter's low-output solar season. This is Martin Webb with the KVMR News, and I'm joined with Ray Byers Jr., President and CEO of Byers Enterprises, to talk about the recent CPUC decision. Ray, what is your description of what exactly just happened at the CPUC? So we've been watching this for quite a while, and it's been wild to watch. Uh, You're seeing a lot of different things happen over the Public Utilities Commission to where they're really trying to devalue solar. Us in the solar industry are perceiving it as devaluing solar. Uh, And right now, what we've been dealt with, we see a devaluing of solar, the way that it's going to impact folks going solar, uh, and also how they're going to be truing up. In the past, we've true up, or currently we, we do a, what's called a true up every year, every 12 months. 
and the CPUC just pushed forward that we're going to be truing up every month. So those those great spring months where we're generating a lot of power with our solar systems, but not really using a lot. The house is nice and open. Uh, those those months are really washed out now. So I suspect that we're going to see a lot more batteries being deployed uh, with solar systems uh, going forward. So with these new regulation changes, what are the primary impacts for property owners that um, they're going to want to add batteries to their system? Are there any other things that might impact um, someone that's looking at going solar now versus after these rules take place? Yeah, so going solar today, uh, we, we basically have our deadline. April 14th is what we're looking at where we need to have all of our paperwork submitted to PG&E. Um, and what I mean by paperwork, we have to fill out these forms. Form A is is one of the forms that we have to have submitted to them, basically about the, the new solar-sized array going on the property um, that has to be submitted to PG&E. To PG &E. And we have time at that point to get the system installed. So that part, at least we're getting a little bit of runway there. Um, I do see that we're going to be installing more batteries going forward, and I see solar arrays are probably going to go a little bit smaller in size to help maintain the batteries only, not try and fill up that PG&E piggy bank that we, we look at with the 12-month true up. And knowing that this is actually a big part of our local economy, there are several solar companies that employ dozens and dozens of people into the hundreds. There's easily tens of millions of dollars in revenue and economic impacts locally. The solar industry has been very robust for a long time and weathered many political storms. What do you think the impacts are going to be after this deadline is in place? I imagine there's going to be perhaps a big rush before the deadline. What do you see in the future? Yeah, I, I do see a big rush before the deadline. I see a little bit of... Um basically a wave effect to where we're going to see that big influx coming into the end of the year uh, or middle of the year, Q1 really, and then installs happening throughout this year. And then kind of a lull, uh, I suspect, coming into next year uh, with solar and batteries, um, which it seems kind of like we're going the wrong direction, being the fact we're asking um, all new home builds to be 100% electric. Um, and we're trying to get more and more electrical items happening that we're kind of devaluing solar, um, which I, I still haven't been able to wrap my mind around it. I know there's smarter people out there that are that are pulling the strings than I, um, but that's uh, kind of where my mindset is. I, I do see a little bit of a lull, um, I suspect, that will happen. And are you already seeing a backlog of interest? Uh, for example, what is the lead time on trying to get someone out for an appointment, much less an installation under this current scenario? Yeah, so appointments, uh, we've got a, a great team here to where we're, we don't have a tremendous amount of backlog with appointments. Um, we're able to see folks in a fairly timely fashion as well as get them installed um, in a timely fashion. Um, we were able to fulfill all of our end of year commitments um, with folks trying to get them into the uh, solar tax credits that they had available to them. And, and we don't see that being a problem going forward either. And I think that's one thing just to, to not lose sight of is we still do have our solar tax credit, which is a 30% federal tax credit that was extended. Um, and we do see that for really the next decade. Um, so that, that part's awesome um, that we're going to see that. I, I would say, though, Martin, that one of the things that we need to look at is homeowners that have solar that are maybe in their 15th, 16th, 18th year, maybe coming in their 20th year of solar, um, their system is going to be changed in how uh, 
PG&E sees that. They're currently on a 12-month true-up. Um, that is going to change um, once they hit that 20-year commitment with PG&E. Um, that's going to change into a monthly true-up. So those folks that uh, have those older solar arrays, you may want to think about updating that solar array to get you that next 20 years um, before April 14th. So that's true. When it comes to these regulation changes, PG&E has generally told people that if your solar system is signed up before the rules change that you're guaranteed um, to stay under that, that same set of regulations for 20 years. And if I hear you correctly, it's almost like the earliest adopters of solar are going to be the ones that will feel this pinch the first as they're kicked off their 20-year agreement into these new rules. Is that correct? Yeah, that's definitely a, a one way to look at it is because, and I say they're going to, to your point, they're going to feel the pinch first because they haven't had the pinch, right? They've been utilizing solar there. To your point, they're an early adopter of solar. And now once that 20-year term is done, they're no longer grandfathered into that 12-month uh, true-up. It's going to go to a monthly true-up, which is really not going to make their solar array uh, function as well as it could have. Um, we, we are actually just uh, signed a, a homeowner up that is going to be removing uh, panels off of a ground mount and we're gonna be reinstalling new panels. They had old 200 watt Sanyo panels. We're gonna be removing off of a ground mount. We're gonna be installing um, some newer higher end panels. are gonna produce a lot more power for them, but also it's gonna get them another 20 years um, in this grandfathered uh, PG&E rate. Thank you so much. I'm joined here with Ray Byers, Jr. President and CEO of Byers Enterprises and Byers Solar. Hey, thank you very much. And uh, thanks for coming out, Martin, and uh, spreading the word. Finally, we sat down with Brian Gardner, owner of Sustainable Energy Group, who was interviewed in January, making one statement during the interview now inaccurate when we both refer to there being three months until the rule change takes effect. It is now less than two months away. This is Martin Webb with KVMR's News and the Climate Report. I'm sitting here with Brian Gardner, the president and CEO of longtime local solar contractors Sustainable Energy Group, or SEG. Brian, let our KVMR listeners know, in your opinion, what exactly just happened at the CPUC. Hey, Martin. Uh, thanks very much. Um, the CPUC just passed a resolution, essentially, that is making solar less equitable for potential future solar uh, customers. Um, it, it's definitely not the ruling we wanted. This has been a battle we've been dealing with for a, a year or more now. Um, Cal SSA has been a huge, you know, guiding force in the process to try and get an equitable um, option for, you know, solar customers, you know, new solar customers and even existing solar customers who want to expand on their systems. Um, uh, a solution for for both solar companies, customers, but also for the for PG&E, because as we know, PG&E has to stay in business to continue running the grid and supplying power. Um, our hope was we were going to get <clears throat> get a, a a better resolution, you know. But we were able to stave off some pretty horrible other re options that were in there as well. Um, solar tax that got knocked down. Um, uh, things that were going to make it even more difficult to go solar, uh, even beyond NEM two to NEM three. So it sounds like you're in agreement with the other solar contractors in the area and across the statewide industry that the CPUC rules 
are actually not necessarily an improvement on what we already had. It could be actually um, a harming the economics, perhaps. Yeah, so we've run um, metrics. You know, we, we've looked at what it would be if uh, someone was to get any um, solar in NEM2 versus NEM3. And it, what, what it basically looks like is just a solar system in NEM2 versus a solar system in NEM3 is going to have a much longer payback under NEM3. Um, recognizing that solar will always be more, or sorry, solar will always be less expensive than PG&E, just the economics aren't what it used to be where we used to have a payback year one or year two, um, you know, an instant, you know, um, uh, savings. It may look, you know, year four, year five now, but, you know, uh, solar will always, always be better than PG&E. So what's the impact to local customers who might be considering looking at solar right now? The impact for any solar co- any people who are looking for solar now is uh, do it now sooner than later get you grandfathered into NEM 2.0. Um, what that's going to do is, of course, create potentially long wait lines. Um, how quickly can you get uh, you know, a, a site visit and a contract lined up if you do want to go solar? Because there is a you know, looming deadline for NEM2 and NEM3. What do you predict that the impact might be for the local solar industry after these rules take effect in April? Because the solar industry is a large driver of our economy. There's um, several different solar companies employing hundreds of people, creating tens of millions of dollars um, in savings and, and economic benefits. What is on the horizon for the solar industry locally with this rule change? You know, I would say, you know, our, our local community is, is very solar driven, very, um, you know, organic driven. Uh, we just have a really tight knit community. I think there will definitely be a downside to the amount of people maybe wanting to go solar after the new uh, rules take effect. But I don't think it's going to make it go away permanently. Um, solar, I think, is, is always a good option. It's always going to be beneficial. And then what comes with solar can be a different sort of driving force now. You know, solar with batteries, solar with batteries and generators when the power goes out. So it may turn from, you know, you know quick savings and a payback of five years to maybe more of a necessity or a um, uh, for these outages, for these PSPSs, for these harsher weather, um, you know, uh, scenarios that are coming up, it might just become more of get solar, get batteries so you can have comfort, you know, in your own home. Now, the CPUC has made it clear that they would like to see up to 90% of solar systems by the end of this decade being installed with batteries. Do these new rules seem to encourage and incentivize people making sure that they add batteries to their solar installations, which typically hasn't been the case? Actually, that's something that we have been, um, looking a lot into and we recognize or have recognized that because of the rule changes and how you're not getting credited, you know, one-to-one ratio on export and import now, the game is going to change to not using PG&E as, or using PG&E as little as possible. So the economics will shift to batteries uh, being combined with solar systems because if you can just produce your own power 
and then use your own power from your own batteries on site behind the meter, you're not buying power from PG&E anymore. So where it used to be export as much as possible to the grid so you can get your credits and offset your electricity bills, now it's gonna be more produce the power you need, keep it on site, store it in your batteries, and then use your batteries when the sun isn't out. And that will basically reduce the amount of power you're purchasing from PG&E. That economic will make it work, but that does, you know, add cost to the total system cost. You know, it, it adds a lot. Um, I wouldn't say a lot, but it just adds additional costs to going solar. Batteries aren't free, so if they're added to a solar system, they're going to. It, it's a it's a message that I'm tending to hear that solar companies feel like they're might be a drop in installations, but the value and cost of those installations will go up because of adding batteries. So that in a net sense, it might be a wash to the local solar economy. Yeah, that's definitely what we're hoping. We're hoping that people will see the value of not just solar, but solar plus battery. It is the change. I mean, there's always an evolution in technology and um, necessity or, or, you know, even comfort. Comfort being a driving force as well, even beyond necessity, um, where solar plus battery is going to be the next thing. You know, solar initially was was just the best thing that you could do, and now with all these PSPSs and and out, you know, and, and extreme weather, wh- why wouldn't you want the battery? And if it makes the economics of going solar better, anyways, then it's almost like a double driving force where get the battery to get better savings, but also have that battery to provide you with power when the power goes out. So with this push to beat this deadline, what are your deadlines and what are your lead times if somebody locally was interested in looking at solar on appointments and installations? We don't want people to get up in arms and then discover, hey, there's actually some lead times to getting taken care of. Tell us about what you're experiencing right now as we approach three months until this deadline. So we have already seen a pretty big uptick in phone calls and interest in solar and in, you know, these same questions being asked, you know, well, what about batteries and how does this help me and what are the economics? So we've, we've been spending a lot of time on basically this exact, you know, uh, uh, subject is, is, um, how can we ensure that even with an, uh, increased, even just demand, uh, that we can get back to everyone and, it's all hands on deck. We are um, providing as much support as we can. Um, I'm jumping in the ring too and helping provide, you know, quotes and uh, um, proposals and doing system designs because this currently is the most, you know, for us as a as an industry, the most important thing right now is making sure we can get as many people contacted, communicated with, and uh, on on contract. For them to go solar before the NEM decision changes. So we are, everyone's all hands on deck. We're working weekends if we need to, uh, to get everyone that possibly can get in, get in. And is it true that this deadline, this looming April 14th deadline, systems don't have to be installed or inspected by that day. Folks just need to have a contract signed and all of their paperwork into PG&E to beat the deadline. Is that true? That's been my understanding. Um, that's what I've heard from a lot of people, uh, also a lot of solar companies, uh, other, uh, sorry, solar manufacturers, you know, equipment manufacturers have all been um, talking about get contract and get submitted to PG&E and then you have a certain amount of time to get installed after the, and after the decision has been made. So 
yeah, it's, it, our hope is we can get as many people who do want to go solar signed as soon as possible in the next three months as the deadline continues to loom and get them that good, that sweet NEM2 decision, you know, uh, um, connection. Well, I've been joined with Brian Gardner, president and CEO of Local Solar Contractors Sustainable Energy Group. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you, Martin. Appreciate it. And again, please note that that interview took place in mid-January, meaning that when we referred to there being three months until the deadline, it is now less than two months away. That's all for today's Climate Report, broadcasting and podcasting here on KVMR-FM and at kvmr.org every second and fourth Thursday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb. As always, today's show will be archived and posted to the KVMR website's podcast page for sharing or re-listening. For questions or comments, feel free to email climatereport at kvmr.org.